This is DWZ Podcast here with J-Rod. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here, folks. So, welcome back, listeners. This is J-Rod here. Sorry I haven't put up a new content this past Wednesday since today is February the 3rd. Um, the reason I didn't do this on Wednesday was because I got stuck doing something else. I was working my regular day job, and I was too tired to get this done, but I wasn't too tired to continue on doing the episodes on YouTube if you guys haven't checked those out. So we got some excellent content we're definitely going to be talking about, so let's talk about that right now. Our first content, now if you guys are big fans of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong and Chip W Strong or New Japan Strong, well, if you guys heard, they're apparently they already stopped making those shows for the time being. Apparently they were rebranded into two different types of forms like um, live and demand. Now, why would they do that? Now, if you look at it this way, let's go back to the pandemic. Prior to the pandemic, this was a bit of a talk that many of the New Japan officials were doing. They wanted to bring the New Japan uh, style into the Western uh, world, such as the United States and all that. But because of the pandemic, it changed a lot of things. Um, if you guys remember, the original shows only took place at the same studio where they did uh, ca uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood. They did those shows there for who knows how long until they started allowing fans to come into their shows. And of course, they introduced the... Um, the the NJPW open, um, Strong Openweight Championship that was later won by Tom Lawler. And now we got Fred Rosser, formerly known as Darren Young, who is now the current champion after defeating Tom Lawler for that belt. And then later they introduced the the NJPW Strong Openweight Tag Team titles, a title that was sort of um, was in consideration by uh, one of the commentators, who also was a former wrestler. Alex Kozlov saying they should have these titles, and they did. So that kind of sets it on. They've been putting these shows in America in different locations, such as um, Chicago, New York, L.A., uh, various other locations. And they had wrestlers not only from here, but we had, like, rare occasions wrestlers that came from Japan, such as Kakushika Okada, Tomohiro Ishii. Um, who else was here? I'm trying to remember. Kenta has shown up a few times. Minoru Suzuki. So we had many others, and I thought it was a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Um, of course, um, we did have some members of the Stardom shows that came to the start of the year to the U.S. down at the New York at the Rumble of on 44th Street, where it features Mayu Iwatani when she actually defended the CWA title before she relinquished it to focus on the IWGP Women's title. And of course, we had members of the Cosmic Angels, Mina Shirakawa and Waka Tsukiyama, which I had thought it was a pretty good moment for both of them since they are both speak English, but not to mention Waka is in fact, um, how do I say, originally from New York. But it's it kind of fe uh, feeds on that. So I enjoyed every show. So right now we're getting ready for the upcoming show that's taking place later on this month on February 18th, Battle in the Valley, which is going to take place in San Jose. We have feature matches. For example, with the IWGP Women's Championship will be on the line. We have Kyrie putting it on the line against 
Mercedes Monet, again, formerly known as Sasha Banks. <coughs> we have Eddie Kingston versus uh, Jay White. We have many other matches that are be taking place. I just remember, I think the... Oh, yeah, now, the strong openweight championship, Fred Rosser will put that title on the line against Kenta. And I'm trying to remember if the strong openweight tag team titles will be on the line. But I can't remember if that's the case. But if it is, that's going to be it. So I'm looking forward to that particular match as well for everything that takes place. So we still don't know when they will be doing this with the live and, and demand. But we will stay apprised. So if you guys stick closely to this, follow every social media. Or follow me on my YouTube where I might talk about that on occasionally. Um, and uh, of course, if there's anything on that, then we'll put this on, on, the, on the podcast if it's possible. So we'll see what happens. Now, if you guys saw the Royal Rumble, we just saw who won for the men's. Let's talk about him, Cody Rhodes. Now, I know a lot of people were speculating from day one that this could be Cody Rhodes moments. Because I think right now we're getting sick and tired of seeing Roman Reigns reigns. The titles need to be split. I know that the USC Network were getting pissed off because Vince refuses to do that. But look, I say the whole thing with Roman Reigns. Is a good run, but it's time to just to break it and move forward a d- different direction. And Cody, I feel like he's one of those guys because I remember they never saw Cody from the very beginning as the top superstar because they just look at him as a mid card. And look what happened. He left, he became a bigger star outside of WWE. I'm sure WWE felt butthurt from their asses knowing that, yes, you guys fucked up because. Nope, we don't see Cody as a top star. He's just a mid-card. Well, guess what, dipshits? It did not work that way. WWE are really fucked things up. But now, they want to put him in a good grace, uh, give him the opportunity. But the obvious thing is this. Will this work? Will he be the one person that can dethrone Roman Reigns from one of the titles? Now, which title will he normally get? If I heard that he was planning to bring back the Eagle title, the WWE Championship, and I think that's a good one. I say bring back a little bit of the nostalgic and make it so legit. And I think that's going to be amazing. But we still don't know much about how they're going to proceed. It. They're those are saying uh, Gunther should have been the right one. I mean, look, I'm not going to take anything away from Gunther. I just feel like he's not yet ready to step into that just yet. However, he is a to me, a capable wrestler that can stand out to be a top champion. But the real question is, which title should he be going for? Will he be going to WWE Championship or the Universal? If I was a betting man, I would say put him for the Universal title. That's what I would think of if that's the case. But Cody Rhodes, he's going to be guaranteeing spot at WrestleMania. We know that um, Dusty Dustin Rhodes... He is going to be watching this, and of course, everybody in the entire Rhodes family. I can't wait what he's going to do. So I will review WrestleMania when it happens, and we'll go from there. Now, speaking of WrestleMania, as you know, WrestleCon, which they do their shows exactly around WrestleMania week, they announced for four promotions that will be participating in this. Here they are. Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling, Prestige Wrestling, New Japan Strong Style Evolve, and then finally, March Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. (coughs) Let's talk about each of them. Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling, this is something that I was so surprised. I hear that they're almost sold out of their tickets. 
I would love to see this show because it's amazing. If you guys are not fans of Tokyoshi Pro Wrestling or the Yoshi Wrestling, then you guys are missing out, for Christ's sakes. I first got into this, and I have to say, Tokyo Yoshi Pro Wrestling is a unique promotion. Nothing compared from stardom. It has its own flair. That's what I like about them. That's what makes it. Now, they don't have factions or actual tag teams that could stick. I mean, we do see two, like many some tag teams. Like, let's see, there's Wi-Fi that consistent of Hikari Noah and now Kakuda. And then there's Daisy Monkey consistent of Zuzume and Arisu Endu. Of course, there's Maki Ito and Miyu Yamashita. And then there's Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Masao. Uh, Toyo girl, Toyo mates consistent of Kam um, Yuki Kamifuku and Mahiro Kiru. I'm trying to remember who else. Um, oh yeah, Reiwa Double A Cannon, which consistent of Saki Akai, who we seen her in DDT, and her tag team partner is idol wrestler um, Yuki uh, Arai. I think that's her. I'm trying to remember who else is involved, but yes. Uh, there's not a lot of, there's no factions in it, except for Neo Bishikigun, who we, not, we rarely see them show up. But yes, it's a unique flair. So if you guys are not a big fan of that, you guys are missing out. So you got to check it out. Trust me, you guys will enjoy it. Now, the second promotion that announced, Prestige Wrestling, this promotion is based out of Oregon, mostly out of the Portland area. Oh, man, they have some sick-ass matches i love it and not to mention prestige wrestling they do have a partnership with tokyo Shu pro wrestling we had girls like miya mash and maki ito made their appearances in this promotion it's pretty good we have wrestlers that make their appearance alex shelley is the current um champion in this promotion if you guys haven't checked it out um who else is in this um I'm trying to remember who else shows up. Many other wrestlers, but there's been some good ones. Uh, they just recently had the Vendetta event. Uh, that was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Konosuke Takeshita showed up in this one many times, too. But, yeah. So, LA will be making the, the Prestige will make their LA debut on the 31st. Oh, yeah. Timothy Thatcher will be making his debut there and a few others. So, I can't wait to see that. The second one is NJPW Strong Style Evolve. I don't know what's going to happen. There... <clears throat> they haven't announced the card who's going to be involved. But because I know right now they're focused on the, um, on, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the Battle in the Valley. I'm sure we're going to be getting who will be involved in this. Um, there's that. And then finally, there's the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show. This is where you get wrestlers from internet who may show up. Uh, we right now they announced, um, Will Ospreay will be making his, Parents, I know he's done several shows with these guys, but yeah, and I think this is one of those things. So if you're not big fans of these, you guys got to check it out. Trust me, you guys will be blown out of your mind with each of the shows. Now, this next topic, something came into my opinion, and this one came around when I was watching YouTube. Um, this one is about Eric Bischoff. They ask about, was Vince Russo was the reason the Spike TV cut TNA? out of their um, network? Well, the answer to that, yes. Now, let's talk about Vince Russo. Now, many of you guys may remember this is the dickhead who was solely responsible for the downfall 
of WCW. So that kind of goes out of his way. You may have heard the stories about Vince Russo that he's difficult to work, not to mention that Jim Cornette really hates this guy's guts. And this also allowed for Cody Rhodes not to hire this guy because he doesn't trust him. I mean, this guy was solely responsible for what happened to WCW. And now history repeats itself with TNA. Now, according to what Bischoff said, the network were the Spike TV network were not pleased with the idea that Vince Russo was involved. And I get it because Vince Russo makes decisions that kind of put you like really that sort of thing. And I and I understand it because I mean, look, we have seen promotions, especially the major ones, sometimes things fall apart for them in certain aspects. And and that's what happened. Vince Russo, we will always declare him as the scumbag for what happened to WCW. And there, there's no doubt about it. But here's the thing. <coughs> From what Bischoff said, he thinks that Dixie Carter had no idea what she's doing. Hiring Vince Russo was a mistake. And I have to say, I agree. I mean, look, Dixie Carter, she had majority shareholders of TNA because the original shareholders were none other than Jeff Jarrett and his father, Jerry Jarrett. And that explains a whole lot. But, however, uh, Dixie, in the other hand, she is still involved, but she only has minority shareholders of Impact Wrestling when they transition from Impact to TNA. It's TNA to Impact. It, ex it explains a whole lot about that. I get it because, I mean, do we really? Here's the problem. We do have business people that we can say they don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to doing shit like this. And that's one of the many reasons. We ask ourselves, did Dixie Carter knew what the hell she was doing from then on? I would like to believe the answer to that is no. I think that Dixie Carter screwed things up. She didn't realize. And that's the reason she is majority shareholder. Because she allowed this crap to happen with Vince Russo. Now, Vince Russo, he I can say this. that He's a bit like Jim Cornette. But uh, here, you may have heard the stories about Jim Cornette, what he said about him. If you guys remember about Jim, uh, about him, during the dark side of the ring, they were talking about the Montreal screw job, where, of course, Vince Russo said that he was the one who solely was responsible for what happened to Bret Hart, but it was Jim Cornette who said it himself, that he was the first one. So is that matter of he said, she said, but I get it. But Vince Russo, I say I do believe he, if he is responsible for what happened with TNA, with Spike TV, it would explain why they had to change their name to Impact. And I don't blame the company for going that, but it would explain why Dixie Carter was became the mi minority shareholders because she is responsible for bringing a guy who you can say he's a bit of controversial, that sort of thing. And I, I get it. It's I, I'm not going to argue about it. I'm not going to complain about it. But it would make absolute sense about it. But that's the way I see it. Now, moving on. Kota Ibushi. Now, you guys may have heard that on February 1st, he is a free agent. 
<coughs> if you guys remember, New Japan Pro Wrestling trying to fuck him over. Now, he hasn't wrestled in New Japan since uh, October of 2022 during the uh, the finals of the uh, G1 Climax. But we have here and there that um, back then, last year that Cody was recovering. But some executive who was a piece of shit threatened Kota Ibushi to come back by terminating his contract. I think that was a really fucked up thing. But many of us were questioning, when is Kota Ibushi coming back? Now, I know that New Japan were doing everything in their power to try to work up a deal with him. I know they want to do anything they can to keep him happy, but at the same time, they cannot lose their top star. But unfortunately, his contract expired on January 31st, and February 1st became the beginning of him now becoming a freelancer. So he is a free agent. He is not currently involved with any promotion. However, we still don't know what Kota Ibushi was going to do. But once the word goes out, free agent came around, and this is what happened. It was announced that GC on the GCW Collective that's going to happen on WrestleMania week, it was announced that Kota Ibushi will be involved in two different events. The first one is Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 6, but his opponent that was announced was Mike Bailey. He said that this would be a perfect opportunity for him to get in a match with him. I have to say, good choice, Kota Ibushi. I know for a fact this is going to be one killer match. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. And the second one is Joey Janela's Spring Break. Now, I don't know what's the purpose of that, but they haven't announced yet about this. Now, I know what some people are thinking. That means he's going to go AEW. Woohoo! Well, that's not exactly what we've been hearing. The recent developments about Kota Ibushi, it turns out that he was planning to do two things in Japan. One was starting his own wrestling school, and one possibly his own promotion. Now, we don't know which is what. But now it was confirmed that he was going to start his own wrestling school. Uh, just don't know when will that. Now, he seems like he is interested in going to AEW because, hell, I mean, he, his friends are there. I mean, we're talking about Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Um, who else is going to be in there? Oh, yeah, and Konosuke Takeshita, who is one of his peers. Uh, Takeshita, we know he said that he looked up to him, and I get it that he will love to have a match. I say put those two in a match. AEW, make it happen. Book it when that moment comes. But uh, we still don't know. But however, um, Konosuke said, I mean, uh, Ibushi said that he will be taking some independent promotions for the time being until he gets his wrestling school started. Now, some of you are going to say, where is he going to take the wrestling school at? Well, I know he's not originally from Tokyo. I know he has his own home where he has a wrestling ring where he likes to call it his own lab where he experiments with wrestling techniques and other things it would make sense because if you guys know about Kota Ibushi's background he's a self-taught wrestler he didn't go to any school and we all could agree that Ibushi is a fantastic wrestler especially if he's a self-taught however he felt that there are times that he wished he could have gone to the dojo system you know like New Japan dojo the All Japan the Noah dojo whatever I get it but now he's gonna have his own school and I think this is gonna be perfect I mean who will, I'm sure many wrestlers and many people in Japan who never would have thought they would wrestle, they would end up work, uh, being with 
Kota Ibushi. So the obvious question, how would this work? I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to document this because it would help us learn more about what he's going to do. So I'm sure he'll do that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny and the Bucks go pay him a visit in Japan just to see, check it out. And probably do seminar, have Kenny do seminars since we know he can speak fluent in Japanese, if you guys know what I mean. But there's possibilities. Now, if he was planning to come back to um, come uh, go to AW, who would be his possible opponents? I mean, there's various variety of wrestlers you definitely would like to put. I mean, Konosuke Takeshita could be one of them. <coughs> and I would say plenty others, like Jericho. Um, try to think of anybody else. Well, there's plenty, but we'll see. I, I'm just looking forward to it because it, it's it would make my day for when he returns to um <coughs> to wrestling. So we'll just wait and see what happens. So. So yeah, so I think that's pretty much it, folks. So uh, I'm gonna keep this short and simple for everybody. Um, there's still more to come. Uh, but yeah, so we'll I'll see you guys on next week on the next DWZ time, same DWZ channel. Well, I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye, Mwah. and have a nice day. Bang.